everybody. Welcome back. Uh, this is the Guardian Project Podcast, episode 151, and I am your host, Andy, and I'm here to make you an offer you can't refuse. Oh, is that so? Yes. Um, if you never pay for my Ristic studies, I will n- never attack you. Deal. Deal? 100%, 100%. Yeah, I figured it was an offer you couldn't refuse. Like, yeah. that's pretty good, right? That's a really good offer. I would take I'll that have to, like, I'll have to win... In a different way. I I will only make that offer if I have at least an alt win combo. Oh, I thought this was like for the rest of our lives. Like I'll just oh, always no, 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 not no. pay. No, it's for that game. It's just oh, for that game. Okay, okay. It's fair. Game, but I I still think it's a pretty tempting offer. Oh yeah, it's a good offer. Uh, and I'm your other host, Mike. And this new Obnixilis is really shaking things up in standard. All my old decks really don't compete. It's really such a casualty. <laughs> Please listen carefully. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. So we got to uh, uh, take a first look at uh, the upcoming Pride uh, secret layer that Magic is releasing a little early here in May. Uh, June is Pride Month, but uh, it is Pride Across the Multiverse uh, supporting the Trevor Project. So it is a celebration of LGBTQIA2S+. Um, and it is giving us a lot of really cool new cards with artwork and new canon for more LGBTQ characters, all designed by LGBTQIA2S plus artists. Um, so we have cards like Heartbeat of Spring, which is featuring a new relationship between Sahili and Watley, which you can actually see online now. There was a really cute story about that. Um, we will link that in the show notes below. Uh, Triumphant Reckoning, Savor the Moment, which is featuring Rail and Tomic's wedding. And I do like this um, the flavor text, which just says I do. It's adorable. <laughs> uh, Alesha, who smiles at death, which is uh, uh, one of our trans characters. It shows her a little older. It looks like they are helping somebody in the community, which is wonderful. We have Collective Voyage, uh, which is featuring Chandra and Nissa leading a pride parade. We have a card, uh, the card Bearscape, uh, which is featuring a bunch of bears. As you actually would think in real life, um, everybody has really liked this artwork uh, online. It's really, really good. <laughs> it <laughs> says the, the flavor text here is they built a refuge with their bare hands and the bare hands is spelled B-E-A-R, which is very funny. Gotta appreciate um, it. A soul ring and then uh, mana confluence. So um, this will actually be uh, up for pre-order the day this episode goes live. I... Um, I'm not sure I wanted all of these cards, um, but I am happy to see Mana Confluence, Soul Ring, Alesha, um, and the rest just have really neat artwork, honestly. Yeah, definitely. But but I do have to say, if we don't get Kanaeus and Tiro as this (laughs) alternate card here, like the secret card, we riot, right? Because there's people that are saying, oh, well, we can get a bear token for Bearscape, right? So Bearscape is mm-hmm. a three mana enchantment. You can pay one and a green, exile two cards from your graveyard. You make a two, two green bear creature token. Like, well, we can get the bear token. But Kanaeus and Tiro is the only four color commander from the actual, I think it's commander 2016. That sounds right. That hasn't gotten reprinted. We actually just got the others mm-hmm. in um the gilded foil secret layer that came out in um april mm-hmm. so hopefully canaeus and tiro is here it really it really kind of makes sense it would be but it kind of also doesn't because you think that you would have made that one of the selling points yeah 
of the secret layer. So I'm curious to see what the secret card is. I, I would really hope it's that unless they come out with like one more special secret layer this month or, or, or in June, sure. maybe they'll give us a second pride month, um, you know, secret layer. So as much as I um, am not a huge fan of the, um, you know, commercialization of uh, LGBTQ uh, in June, um, I welcome it and say, hi, gay. <laughs> Yes, very cool cards. Also available in um, some sleeve art as well. Um, maybe the, the card itself isn't for you, but you still want to celebrate with the artwork. You can go out and grab those sleeves. Yeah, uh, I think those are arena sleeves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll be able to play with them and um, yeah, play with them online and really show your, your pride. Um, earlier this week, we received a box in the mail uh, from Beetle and Grimm's, and uh, we were able to open it, and we received a Kamigawa Neon Dynasty Platinum Edition from Beetle and Grimm's. Uh, and if you want to check out our unboxing, you can go over to our Twitch channel and check out the VOD, and you can see all of the really cool things that we opened inside of that uh, that backpack that came with it with a, real, a bunch of really, really, really cool things inside. So check out the VOD over on our twitch channel uh, and see us open it yeah that was really cool um thank you to everybody who did come out we um were super excited to be included that was our first uh our, our first box opening uh, mm-hmm. i guess i guess a promotional box opening and not just a, a box of magic cards <laughs> uh so that that was really really cool we had a we, we we had a nice setup here in our studio and um Got to see all that really cool stuff. So thank you, Beetle and Grimms, for that. And if you also want to check that out, you can head over to beetleandgrims.com. We'll also link that in the show notes below. Um, and you can uh, order your own Platinum Edition. They do a lot of uh, you know high-quality, um, top-end uh, stuff for D&D. So you can get a lot of uh, like world maps, uh, special collector's pieces, you know, high-quality, really high-fantasy stuff. Um, and hopefully we see some more crossover with Magic Um you know, in the next, in the next couple of years, honestly, mm-hmm. cause I really, um, did like, um, the product that we got there. Um, yeah. so, and if anybody ordered it, they did confirm that they are shipping those now. Yes. Um, so if you did order that platinum edition, you should get it soon. Yeah. So be excited for your led play mat that you're going to get. Cause it is awesome. It is very cool. Um, also this past week, the streets of Nuka Pena official soundtrack did release. So you can go listen to that wherever you listen to music. Um, I listen on, um, Amazon music. That's just, that's just the preferred, you know, uh, I guess, uh, app that I use. It's just sure. easier and it works with my Alexa. So, um, I can have that, you know, playing wherever, but there is a, uh, 26 track, um, official soundtrack. That's, I believe just over an hour and a half long. I'm about halfway through it. Um, it's very good so far. So if hmm. you are looking to, um, uh, you know, even have a D and D session or something on, on Nuka Pena, you can play this during your session. Yeah, that sounds like actually a really fun idea. Yeah, um, it's see, really cool. I, I like that a, they did it also with Neon Dynasty. And there's a lot of instrumental music I see here. Maybe um, maybe people want to start using that in some of their uh, videos and stuff. That'd be pretty nice. I bet. I bet some folks already have, and I just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe on uh, one of our streams, we'll have to. We'll just play the soundtrack. There the you background. go. That would be yeah. fun. 
yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and we also want to give a special thanks to all of you who are listening, um, and especially to our patrons. Um, we really appreciate all that you do. And if you want to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash guardian project pod and donate for any dollar amount. And if you want to support us in another way or in additional ways, whatever ways you're listening to the platform on now, if you could subscribe, rate, review, and leave comments, we would be most appreciative. We're online on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram. We're all over. Um, you can just search Guardian Project Podcast and, and you'll find our stuff. Um, you can also email us at guardianprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Mike, what are we talking about this week? Uh, this week, we have another patron deck tech coming to us from our patron, Kyle Arnold. He's bringing a very unique Golgari build, one that you probably haven't seen before, but you and I, Andy, we've seen many times. We know how this <laughs> thing works inside and out. Uh, it features very the scar striped i'm excited to see this deck so um let's let's jump to it so varol's the scar striped it's a really unique commander in the golgari colors here mm -hmm. so we are we are playing with a commander that also is very unique in that it is the only legendary creature period in the entire game that has the mechanic scavenge which mm -hmm. is really really cool and i guess it doesn't technically even have it itself it gives it to everything else so varol's is a 2-2 legendary creature troll warrior for one a green and a black so i also like that it's a 2-2 for three mm -hmm. three mana value super affordable oh, I, yeah. can, I, I can get behind that and it says each creature in your graveyard has scavenge the scavenge cost is equal to its mana cost so to scavenge you exile a creature card from your graveyard and you pay its mana cost and then you put a number of plus one plus one counters equal to that card's power on target creature at sorcery speed only and then Varol's also says sacrifice another creature to regenerate Varol's the scar stripe so to regenerate um you you're essentially removing it from combat you're tapping it and the next time that it would die it just it won't be so if it's destroyed or you know whatever it, it won't so it's, that's really really nice so Varol's um is from the best plane in magic but probably the worst set on that plane <laughs> um which is very funny because it comes it comes from dragon's maze which mm -hmm. gave us a lot of really cool legendaries um a lot of them are played in commander um but i think rolls is really cool because it's the only card that gives this mechanic to every other green and black creature in the game that hits your graveyard oh yeah so you're um, it's unique in that it's giving it to pretty much everything. So there's only 14 scavenge cards in the entire game, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and, and I, uh, can get behind this commander that usually from what we've seen wins through combat damage and a lot of it. Yeah. I like these, um, these, these corner case mechanics or whatever that uh maybe there isn't enough support built on it but it's granting everything else it like i really like the satoru umazawa granting everything ninjutsu so verls is quote unquote granting everything scavenge um lot well not quite it's actually granting everything scavenge 
Um, so I really like that you can build a, a commander around a mechanic like this still, uh, even if it's not super well supported. And, you know, the protection for itself, being able to regenerate yourself and having an instant speed sacrifice outlet, it's not to be to be looked over. Right. And and we also got a new card from Nuka Pena Commander that actually has scavenge. And yes. I don't think anyone had scavenge on their bingo card this year uh, <laughs> as coming back. So the card Dodgy Jalopy, it's a star five vehicle for two and a green. Its power is equal to the highest mana value among creatures you control. It has crew three and then scavenge three. So you can exile it from your graveyard and put a plus one plus one counter on a creature equal to the, the power of this creature. So it can be in the graveyard with the pretty high power i guess depending on the mana value of a creature that you have on the battlefield yeah yeah i was actually i just played um, a pre-con game with that that one is in the um the riveters deck the riveteers deck and i just played a pre-con game yesterday and i was able to use that card that card can be pretty big i had a seven mana demon on the battlefield so it was seven oh. power it was pretty cool oh, that's great that's yeah. great um so like most of the deck decks for our patrons that we do here, uh, we ask our patrons for a little rundown of their deck and explanation of their deck. And we got one that's actually pretty elaborate here from Kyle. Um, so we're going to go through with with his explanations and we are going to break down this deck and we are going to break it down by early game, mid game, late game, and then talk about some unique interactions that the deck has to offer. Um, so. This is a black green deck and um, Kyle's been playing this thing for a really, really long time. So he tries to keep it upgraded as much as possible. Um, in fact, this deck has gone through a few iterations. It used to be Glissa the Traitor and uh, Vati Ildal before it became Veril's the Scar Stripe. So definitely some different strategies going on there, but still has the, uh, the main Golgari feeling to it the entire time. Um, so it's a black green mid range deck that can go tall or wide. Uh, he likes playing this deck because of its ability to pressure his opponents mid to late game and through the use of various man lands, evasive creatures to swing in for massive amounts of damage. And if all else fails, he can make my, his commander very large and take people out just with normal commander damage. Um, you'll see a few ways in here that we can uh, have some evasion to give to Veryls or maybe some trample to give to Veryls in order to get over all those defenders. Um, so in the early game, um, the main point of this deck is strictly to set up for the rest of the game so like we said this is a mid to late game deck so mid-range deck um, that early game it wants to ramp uh, it wants to discard it wants to mill itself um, and it has a few cards that it's going to be using in order to to do that um, so the first one that i really like here is life from the loam this isn't a lands based deck but it has a few lands that are eventually going to make into the graveyard either from discarding mill um, or a couple fetch lands here but life from the loam is a two mana sorcery one in a green it says return up to three target lands from your graveyard to your hand it has this really great keyword ability called dredge so dredge three says if you would draw a card instead you may put exactly three cards from the top of your library into your graveyard and if you do you get to return this card from your graveyard to your hand so every time you would go and draw you instead take your life from the loan put it back in your hand put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard and you're starting to fuel uh your virals right there yeah and uh another card that can actually give you some selection specifically from cards that are in your hand is lotlith troll so lotlith troll is a 2-1 troll zombie uh for black and green and it has trample 
And it says, discard a creature card, put a plus one, plus one counter on Lotlith Troll. It also has pay a black and you can regenerate Lotlith Troll. Um, this is really great because you might have drawn one of your large creatures uh, or, or I guess, small creatures with large power mm -hmm. uh, that is going to fuel that scavenge cost for Varols. Um, so you can discard it in the early game and it curves nicely into Varols. So Lotlith Troll on two, Varols on three, and maybe you discard something huge like a Phyrexian dreadnought that he runs which is a 12 12 that costs one mana so you pay <laughs> one and put 12 plus one plus one counters on a creature of yours on turn you know three uh you know if you played a soul ring or something on turn one two so mm -hmm. really uh, cool stuff yeah definitely don't overlook the trample on this card and the fact that discarding cards you get to put plus one plus one counters on it since scavenging is also putting plus one plus one counters on it you'll see a little bit of a plus one plus one counter synergy so this kind of builds double into that as well which and is I, really I cool. like the uh that that we're seeing regenerate here again regenerate mm -hmm. is just so strong if you got that black mana up and you know someone's gonna board wipe you're like well you know what don't worry this thing's gonna make it and just cross your fingers it's not wrath of god or damnation <laughs> or or winds of a band not yeah. not an exile or yeah, something exactly yeah. they stopped they stopped hating on regenerate so much so <laughs> the roles shouldn't have too much more to worry about that's right all right so the next card we have here is grizzly salvage this is an instant speed card that you'll see in all of your golgari graveyard matters deck so grizzly salvage is for black and a green uh, an instant says reveal the top five cards of your library you may put a creature or land card from among them into your hand but the rest into your graveyard so it's important that it says may if you have five creatures that you would never want in your hand when it reveals you can go nah, they're all going in the graveyard i'm a i'm a scavenge all of them onto my creatures it's gonna be awesome yeah that's that i guess i've never actually read may uh on grizzly selfage because mm -hmm. why would you want to this deck absolutely would want to throw them all in the garbage oh yeah throw them away I, I like that a lot. Uh, the next card here is a card that I've got some experience with. This is Hunted Horror. So a 7-7 seven, seven Trample Horror for Black Black. So just two mana for mm -hmm. a 7-7 seven, seven with Trample. Um, that says, when Hunted Horror comes into play, put two 3-3 three, three green centaur creature tokens with protection from black into play under target opponent's control. So this here is a political card in the Varol's deck. Although you might just discard it, you might just mill it. If you actually wanted to play it, you could make a friend and say, here's two three threes. Just promise you're not going to swing at me with them or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Or, oh, I see you have an Ashnod's altar. Would you like four mana from me if I get a seven seven? Um, I do like that. But if you just mill it for two mana, you put seven plus one plus one counters on a creature. Oh, yeah. That's the it's great so part. It's so good. Yeah. And and it does have trample itself. So I even like the it fact does. you're you're giving away less power than you're getting for two mana with trample. I, I think that's a really good trade either way. So, yep. just, so just cast it. And then when someone finally kills it, then scavenge it onto one of your creatures. There make you a friend and then lose a friend. Later. It's fine. <laughs> it's a, fine. It works out both ways. <laughs> Via commander damage, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> all right so this next card is actually a card that i i am in love with this card i played in commander i played it in modern i played it in standard when it was out there i think this card is legal in in uh, pioneer and historic and i hope it's seeing play there and this is stitcher supplier so stitcher supplier for one black you get a zombie that when it enters the battlefield you mill the top three cards of your library and when it dies you mill the top three cards of your library that's it that's all it does it mills you six cards for one black mana it's and a it's a card. one one. It's a great chump blocker as long as something doesn't have flying or trample or protection from black or whatever. But 
Yeah. If it doesn't have any of those things, it just <laughs> you can throw it under the bus, and and it's great. This one, where when when your opponent swings in with a a twenty five twenty five trample creature, and you're like, well, I might as well just take it. You still block with Stitcher Supplier. You still block because then you only take twenty four. That's and right. You mill three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, we have Golgari Thug here in the early game, which is a one one human warrior for one and a black. It says when it when it dies, put target creature from your graveyard on top of your library. And then it also has dredge four. So just like Life of the Loam here, it says if you would draw a card, instead you may put exactly four cards from the top of your library into your graveyard. So um, this this dredges even more cards than Life from the Loam, but it's also a blocker that if you want to recast a creature in the early game, um, or I guess even late game, if you'd rather have something in your hand than in your graveyard to not scavenge it, you can put it right back on top. Yeah, uh, I really, you know, we talked about a little bit before the Lotleth troll being discarding creature cards at instant speed and stuff. So with Golgari Thug, you can discard this before your draw step on every turn and make sure that you're dredging four every single time. So yeah, um, I really like this for, for setting up in the early game. Make sure big old graveyard. you got to get the big graveyard so that you can start exiling everything in your graveyard to make your creatures all big and stuff. Exactly. So <laughs> moving to the mid game. This is all about using effects uh, from the early game to scavenge onto your threats. So Kyle says creatures like Mindrack, Demon, Thought Gorger, and Phyrexian Obliterator come to mind here. And he says uniquely this deck has a focus on man lands as scavenge targets like an Ink Moth Nexus or Treetop Village and Lair of the Hydra. So we have talked extensively about man lands in the past. And we've talked about decks that do like to play them and don't like to play them. And this, this deck's really, really unique in that not only does it play them but at the end of turn they are no longer a creature but keep those counters from scavenge so mm -hmm. they're like out of board wipe they're out of targeted removal uh removals way uh and when they you know come back to life on the next turn um they're just as scary as they were um and it says the deck can close games out fast depending on you know how how that game goes and and if someone does wrath the board uh the man lands you know will keep their counter so they survive it into the late game um so if we take a look at the first card here, Mindrack Demon, it's a 4-5 Flying Trample Demon for two black black. It says when it enters the battlefield, put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard. So we're just milling four. And then it has Delirium. Uh, Delirium says at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose four life unless there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard. Um, it's likely that you will hit four. We do have Planeswalkers, Instant Sorceries, Artifacts, Enchantments, Lands, and Creatures. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do have, we, we do span the gamut of all of the different card types, I guess, that we could have here. Um, and a four or five flyer for four is, is great. And even if all you were doing was was casting it so that you could just mill those few cards, block with it once, you don't have to deal with that potential delirium upkeep trigger. Mm -hmm. Now, I do think um, Grist the Hunger Tide being the only planeswalker in the deck when it's in your graveyard, it might only count as a creature. Interesting. Interesting. If it's not on the battlefield, it's an insect creature in a well, in addition, oh, in to addition. Its other types. Perfect. So, Perfect. So it's still still a planeswalker. If you only have Grist and no creatures in your graveyard, you technically have two card types. In there you Is go. that how that works? Yeah. Interesting. Works. We'd have to get a judge ruling, but we're gonna say it works. Yeah, awesome. So Mindrack Demon will probably be turned on by the time you can even cast Mindrack Demon, which yeah, is this pretty is cool. True, probably. <laughs> 
So we also have a Thought Gorger here. Thought Gorger is a four mana, two black black for a two two horror with trample. It says when Thought Gorger enters the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on it for each card in your hand. If you do, discard your hand. When Thought Gorger leaves the battlefield, draw a card for each plus one plus one counter on it. So you might think discarding your hand is going to remove all the things you can play and the interaction that you can have, but really you're just discarding all of those giant creatures to your graveyard so you can scavenge all of them onto your Thought Gorger so that when it dies, you can draw four. 40 cards or something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a cool interaction. And again, plays on that plus one, plus one counter synergy. So it's already getting some plus one, plus one counters. And you're going to double down on those plus one, plus one counters. And you're going to get a brand new hand. Um, and it does say when it, when Thought Gorger leaves the battlefield, so you don't have to worry about getting, um, you know, got by a Path of Exile or, or anything like that. Yeah, or it's very much like peer, like in Peer and Toothy. It reminds yes. me of that because Toothy being being a blue creature, when it leaves, you draw cards for for its, I believe it's power or the counters that were on it. So this feels very reminiscent just in black, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which is great in a Varol's deck. I, I like that a lot. Um, coming up to our first creature, though, that we probably don't want in our graveyard and we actually would like to have in our hand to actually play out is Phyrexian Obliterator. So uh, it is a 5-5 five, five horror that costs black, 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 black. So four mm. black pips. Love it. Uh, it has trample. And it says, whenever a source deals damage to Phyrexian Obliterator, that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. So you have gotten yourself a blocker that not one person wants to touch <laughs> with a 10-foot pole. I mean, you don't want to swing. You don't want to accident. You don't want to swing in the air and then someone remove flying from your creature or give Phyrexian Obliterator flying. Or you No. I'm probably mm -hmm. not going to swing at you. I'm going to look for removal, um, and not in the form of like lightning bolt or blasphemous. <laughs> that would be really bad, but I'm going to look for targeted removal that just says destroy or exile. Um, but you put this on the board and you're going to deter a lot of swings. Yeah. I used to try to flash this creature out uh, in response to big swings or something, which was a, apparently a very mean thing to do. I get, I, I always thought the person swinging at me was doing the mean thing, but I guess blocking. Oh, Cause with, they were swinging at you. Yeah. So sure. I guess blocking with the obliterator is a little bit meaner. Um, but yeah, no, this is a really, really cool card. Um, not going to do any, any super tricky stuff with it in here. Um, sort everything's going to be a, sorcery speed that, that happens with this Phyrexian Obliterator in this deck. Yeah. And we'll talk about a, a little bit of a combo that we use for it later. But yeah, getting this thing huge, it has trample, forcing your opponents to block late, having to sacrifice all of those permanents after after blocking, it's going to be a blowout on someone uh, swinging in on them. So really cool card yeah. to see. Disciple of Bolas is a card that a lot of people who build black decks use um, in order to refill their hand. Uh, a lot of times in your in your reanimator decks and your sacrifice decks, you're talking about bringing back really large creatures for really low amounts of mana. Um, so using those really large creatures, you can use a card like Disciple of Bolas for three and a black. You get a 2-1 Human Wizard. It says when Disciple of Bolas enters the battlefield, sacrifice another creature and you gain X life and draw X cards where X is that creature's power. Um, so again, we're going to have giant creatures with a ton of plus one, plus one counters on them, um, bring out Disciple of Bolas, end up sacrificing those creatures um, and, you know, draw a huge hand, gain a bunch of life back. Uh, and we might even have an instance where we have something like the artifact, the Ozolith out there, a one mana artifact that um, will take all the plus one, plus one counters off of creatures that you die and that allow you to put those plus one, plus one counters back on creatures you control at the beginning yeah. of your combat step. So if so you have a card, good. yeah, so if you have, if you have an Ozolith out there, and you can start sacrificing your creatures to 
something like a disciple of Bolas, I mean, you, you should be able to, again, run away with the game. Yeah. The next card we already mentioned once, but it's Gris the Hunger Tide. So this is a Planeswalker with three loyalty. It costs one, a black, and a green. It says as long as it's not on the battlefield, it's a 1-1 insect in addition to its other types. So it is a creature. So I guess you can, in fact, scavenge it away yeah. for one counter which is cool it has three abilities plus one you create a one one black and green insect creature token and then you mill a card if an insect card was milled this way you put a loyalty counter on grist and repeat the process there are not many insects uh unfortunately in this virol's big creatures deck um minus two says sacrifice a creature when you do destroy target creature or planeswalker so we're happy to sack creatures in this deck so if you just want a minus two to destroy a problematic creature um it's working in your favor mm -hmm. and then minus five each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard um while you might not always get to the minus five uh there's a good chance you might have a good number uh so you might actually want to minus five grist but i think we're probably going to ultimately end up milling and then when it dies you're going to scavenge it away for a counter it's value on the board and in the graveyard. I really want that one plus one plus one counter to matter in a game. And I want Kyle to come back with us about that one counter. All right, Kyle, if you if Grist has mattered with that one counter, tell us. Yes, please. So Rankle Master of Pranks, a card from Throne of Eldraine, uh, is also making this list here for good reason. Rankle of Master of Pranks is a four mana, three, three. So two black, black, you get a three, three fairy rogue with flying and haste. Very, two very, very important keywords here. And whenever Rankle Master of Pranks deals combat damage to a player, choose any number, a very controversial line of text on a magic card from when this first came out. Choose any number, hyphen. Uh, each player discards a card. Each player loses one life and draws a card. Each player sacrifices a creature. Um, so you could choose any number of those, but you can't choose any more more than once. Uh, so this particular card, having flying in haste, is going to be kind of a get you out of nowhere uh, for your later to mid and maybe even late game um, to be able to, you know, cast rankle, put 12 plus one plus one counters on it by doing your Phyrexian Dreadnought, scavenging it away, um, and then being able to swing in for 15 hasty in the air and forcing your opponents to sacrifice a creature. And this card does a lot the very turn that it comes out and your ability to pump it with plus one plus one counters only makes it that much more deadly of a card so i really really like this card in this deck for that reason the evasion is really key here yeah also uh from eldraine we've got questing beast a four four legendary creature beast for two green green it says it has or uh, yeah it doesn't say it has vigilance death touch and haste i guess it also does say that yeah it does um and then it says questing beast can't be blocked by creatures power two or less i think what i like the most here is this third one combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented mm -hmm. uh it's pretty good especially when you are trying to win through combat damage here and then it says whenever questing beast deals combat damage to an opponent it deals that much damage to target planeswalker that player controls so um this is uh, a legendary creature with uh almost the most text i've ever seen on a card it just <laughs> keeps going i like it um it feels like it does everything vigilance death touch and haste is great um it's a four four in the graveyard but nobody can fog uh, yeah. against your deck which um i do and i have started personally running the at least the free commander fog sure. um that that we got with the Ikoria precons mm -hmm. um i also just like having fog so i run it in my sigarda deck the uh prevent all kind of damage that we de be dealt by non-humans okay, um sure it 
turn some of those things off and, and some of those, uh, you know, uh, situational cards that I like to have blowouts with and mm-hmm. everybody remembers yet. Yeah, not today says questing. Beast. <laughs> have you ever so. seen, have you ever seen a questing beast commander deck since it is a legendary creature? I have, I have. Judge Anthony has a Quest oh. Beast deck. Um, he he put that together, and and then um, you know, we went into a pandemic, and it's, <laughs> it's I, still it, questing. It's still the Beast is questing. Um, I know it's still together. Um, and I believe that I played against it online like once or twice uh, during okay. the pandemic. But yeah, Judge Anthony has one. It's a very cool. It's a very cool deck too. I did play with that actually in person just a couple months ago with him. Oh, um, nice! So Questing Beast is still questing. Awesome! I would love to play against that deck. It would be a fun one. So if you want to talk about dredge creatures, um, the best dredge creature, I, I think, it, I mean, you could argue that there's other be- best dredge creatures, but to me, in my opinion, this is the best dredge creature that there ever was printed. And that's Golgari Grave Troll. Uh, with four and a green, you get a troll skeleton zero zero that enters the battlefield with a number of plus one plus one counters on it for each creature in your graveyard. So hopefully that's going to be really big um, or early game. It doesn't really matter because it's got this really great text at the bottom that says dredge six. We talked about that a little bit before, but right in between there, there's also an extra activated ability of pay one generic mana and remove a plus one plus one counter from Golgari Grave Troll to regenerate Golgari Grave Troll. So another uh, regeneration effect here. Um, But the big thing on here is the dredge six. Um, Dredge six is going to be the largest dredge amount in this deck. And so if you are going to loop a card in order to uh, mill yourself using the dredge mechanic, Golgari Grave Troll is the card to do it yeah it was it was so good they banned it in modern they sure and they did unbanned it in modern and then they banned it again in modern it's a pretty good and, modern uh, card it's a pretty good modern card uh dredge dredge is um on the uh storm scale very much near storm mm-hmm. uh it is it has been announced um in in years past that it is a very very good mechanic that yeah, it um is can be abused i do like golgari grave troll funny enough i run i run a gerard golgari Lichler deck which might actually come up in this episode <gasps> um and i run it for the same reason i just want things in my graveyard and i don't mind if i have to cast it once or twice or you just cast it on five because you couldn't find the card to start that engine so you cast mm-hmm. it it immediately dies and then you just start that dredge six engine so. yes unfortunately this isn't going to put any plus one plus one counters on your creatures for its scavenge though so this is only for dredging it is it is only to get more things into the graveyard. Now I'd like to talk about a card that has done me proud in many, many games, and mm-hmm. that is Ink Moth Nexus. So in the mid game, we are going to try our best to put counters on this land. So we have a couple of lands coming up here. But my favorite in the stack is Ink Moth Nexus, a land that taps for one generic mana, and it uh, also has pay one generic and it becomes a 1-1 Blink Moth artifact creature with flying and infect until end of turn. It is still a land. So if this creature with infect deals damage to a creature, um, it deals it in the form of minus one, minus one counters. And if it deals it to a player, it deals it in the form of poison counters. And once you hit 10 of those poison counters, that player loses the game. So you have a 1-1 flyer flying, the best form of evasion, in my opinion. Um, sure. Even more, I mean, unblockable is great, but you usually have to pay for that. Flying is just flying. You're right. Um, if you have two or three things in your graveyard that that uh, Phyrexian Dreadnought and that <laughs> Hunted Horror in your graveyard, and and f- literally four whole mana, um, you can win the game against 
one opponent and then it doesn't become a creature anymore but keeps its counters um this is so good all you have to do is get nine plus one plus one counters on it and you kill people with infect yeah i think there are uh seven creatures actually that can do it in one one scavenge to put it up to at least 10 power in this deck so wow yeah very cool to be able to do that um there are a few other man lands here as well. Uh, if we're not going to get them with, through with Infect, although it's a pretty good way to get them through. It's pretty um, good way. Pretty good way. Uh, how about with a little bit of trample in the man land treetop village? So treetop village enters the battlefield tapped. You could tap it to add a green, or you can pay one and a green to turn treetop village into a 3-3 green ape creature with trample so it's coming with trample on its face and you're going to be able to get over your opponent's creatures right into their face with a ton of plus one plus one counter so you don't need evasion you've got trample you've got trample i i like the next one as well layer of the hydra so this one was uh one of the newer cards um this is from afr so just within the last year it says if you control two or more other lands it enters tapped so this is a fast man land which i like it taps for green and then it also has pay green and x until end of turn layer of the hydra becomes an xx green hydra creature it's still a land you cannot pay zero for x so this man land if you don't have anything else to do in the late game you can either pay x to make it very large at its base power and toughness mm-hmm. or you could just pay one and then scavenge everything onto it and if you had scavenge in a previous turn um it keeps all of its counters so you can just turn it back on for uh, you know the low price of two mana so one and an x and um it doesn't have trample. This one doesn't have evasion or anything. Um, but seeing the, the the style of deck here, there's a good chance that if you've been swinging, people have been blocking and they might not have enough blockers. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. If you activated it for 10 last turn, yeah, they ain't going to have any blockers anymore. Um, so yeah, so that that is the mid game strategy. So now we're going to talk about the end game strategy. So these are going to be um, the creatures that are there to really close out the game. Um, or maybe they're going to be the scavenge targets that really close out the game or different creatures completely in general that are going to help us close out the game. Um, so the late game is where this deck gets much harder to deal with. We use cards like Gerard Golgari Lichlord to both attack or make your opponents lose life. And at this point, um, if you can't get there with man lands, there are cards like Carnage Tyrant, Hogak, and obviously our commander that we can get through with instead of those man lands. So let's start it out with Andy's favorite Golgari commander. Oh my gosh. Gerard, Gerard Golgari. Golgari. Yeah, you so go you, you you go ahead and take this one, Andy. It's, it's your baby. All right. So it's a 2-2 zombie elf for black, black, green, green. So it is kind of mana intensive, yeah, but it's a two-color deck. So you probably won't have any issues casting it. But it gets plus one, plus one for each creature in your graveyard. So we're throwing creatures into the graveyard. The the overall shell of the Verols deck and the, the draw deck, which I have taken a lot um, of inspiration from Kyle's deck in the past, um, you know, we're just throwing as many creatures in we, as we can into our graveyard. So Gerard's going to be large uh, himself. Uh, it also has pay one, a black and a green. You can sack another creature and each opponent loses life equal to that sacrificed creature's power. So we do have a lot of very large creatures. So even if they're not in your graveyard and they're on the battlefield, you can pay three and have each opponent lose life. Lose life is nice because it gets around all those pesky things that happen when you deal damage to somebody or you know something that says you can't be dealt damage. Um, and then Gerard also has an ability that says you can sacrifice a swamp and a forest to return him from your graveyard to your hand. So if you don't really have anything going on, you can get it back if you really need Gerard. Um, otherwise... 
uh it's a great attacker and blocker um but specifically that three mana ability in the middle uh is really great uh to sacrifice a huge creature and if you have uh gerard out and you have scavenged things onto one creature uh as as we can see happens and mm-hmm. let's say you've scavenged like five or six times and you have a creature that's like 20 power you can sacrifice that creature and each of your opponents are going to lose 20 life that's oh yeah so so good gerard is one of those creatures where it's hard to remove because in, if you don't exile it, it can just come back by sacking two lands which we can get back with cards like life from the loam yeah right now yep. I, I will say that when I when I'm playing against your draw deck, I've never seen you activate that last ability to sacrifice a swamp in a forest because I've never seen you flood out in that deck. You're usually using all of your mana every single turn. I probably do. I probably do. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I think I've activated it like twice. Uh, sure. In, in in since I've had it, and I've had it since before the pandemic. So it's been, oh, yeah. you know, three, four years that I've had it now. Um, I, I don't usually sacrifice it, but it's nice to know it's there. That's right. Now, one important thing to note on here before we move on to our next card, um, we're going to talk about a little bit later some star star power toughness cards that are going to be really good with the scavenge ability. Um, but Gerard, the way that Gerard's text states that he gets plus one plus one for each creature in your graveyard, that plus one plus one is only applicable when Gerard is on the battlefield and is not when he's in the graveyard. So the scavenge will always be for two plus one plus one counters with Gerard. Only little baby scavenges. Just a little baby. Um, but you could sacrifice one of those giant star star creatures to Gerard and then scavenge it from the graveyard onto Gerard and kill someone that way. It'd be uh, pretty cool. I like that. I like that plan. That's a good plan. <laughs> uh, so Carnage Tyrant, the the bane of Ixalan standard, if you played standard back then, is the next card here on this uh, list of closers that we're talking about. And it was a closer in standard too. So for six mana for four green green, you get a seven six dinosaur that cannot be countered and has trample and hex proof. So this is the type of thing that you just want to throw 50 plus one plus one counters on and swing and hope that your opponents don't have any creatures with death types <laughs> yeah yeah this one's this one's really good carney t uh ixalan ixalan and rivals of ixalan standard menace um, oh yeah coming back in varols yeah huge um, card Another card that got got some cards in modern ban because it's just really good is Ho- Hogak Arisen Necropolis. So a seven mana creature that cannot be cast. Uh, you have to convoke or delve it. Um, so to convoke, you tap creatures and then they'll help pay for that. One for each creature um, equal uh, to one generic mana or a color uh, in that creature's color identity. Or delve, you exile a card from your graveyard to pay uh, one generic mana towards this. Um, and it says you may cast Hogak from your graveyard, which is nice. It also has trample. Um, a lot of those sorceries and instants in the early game can be delved away because we don't really care about them in the late game other than to cast things like Hogak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like Hogak particularly because you can you know, sacrifice and bring him back, sacrifice and put him back. I'm not really sure that's what we're trying to do in this deck. Right. I think this is more just him coming back as a threat. And he's yep. got trample, so why not? Exactly. Why not? So one of those star star creatures I was referencing earlier, we're seeing the first one here, and that is Lord of Extinction. So for three, a black and a green, you get a star star elemental. It says Lord of Extinction's power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards in all graveyards. So its power and toughness is constantly changing as the uh, board state changes and as people put more and more cards into their graveyards. I like this particular creature because it cares about more than just your graveyard. I mean, chances are every 
every player is playing some creatures in their graveyard. So just to make your your creature even more powerful is great. Um, we talked about one of these creatures being a great target for Gerard to be sacrificing to kill everyone um, with direct damage from Gerard. But at the same time, this is an amazing scavenge target. Um, late game, if you have 20 creatures in your graveyard and the rest of your opponents are giving you another 10 creatures, being able to scavenge 30 plus one plus one counters for only five mana is hopefully going to at least take out one player. Yeah, I I think Lord of Extinction is really, really great. It works well in both decks, um, Gerard and in, in Varols. I think mm-hmm. it's an all-star card. I think it's really, really great. Definitely. Um, and while we have talked about a few cards that work both well in the mid game and the late game, like Phyrexian Obliterator and Ink Moth Nexus, uh, we do have one that is a very combo-y card in this in this deck, and I like it a lot. It's Protean Hulk, so it is not a full-on combo in this deck. It's a 6-6 beast for 5 green green. It says when it dies, search your library for any number of creature cards, mana value 6 or less, and put them onto the battlefield. So when this dies, you can go get things that are very, very cheap, but have great, you know, a huge power or, or, or I guess big upside for you. Um, like a Phyrexian skull soul gorger, which costs three, a Phyrexian dreadnought that costs one. So you're at four mana. You could also grab that hunted horror we talked about earlier or a death shadow, which mm-hmm. costs one. So you can grab all these creatures. So death shadows, a 13, 13 for one. Um, it'll almost likely it most likely it'll just die because it gets minus X minus X where X is your life totals, but mm-hmm. you can grab it. It'll die. And then you can scavenge, 13 counters onto a creature for one mana. Phyrexian Dreadnought is a 12-12. It also will probably die when it enters. So when it enters, you have to sacrifice creatures power 12 or greater or you destroy it. So it comes in, you just say, I'm not going to, and you just sacrifice it. And then there you can scavenge 12 counters for one. And then Phyrexian Soul Gorger is an 8-8 for three. Um, it has cumulative upkeep, sack a creature, just sacrifice itself, and you can get eight counters on a creature for three mana. And there's a lot of combinations um, yeah. of what you can grab with Protean Hulk, and they all feel very cool. Like it all, it all feels very flashy and like, wow, that was really cool. So I like seeing cards like this being put to use in the non you know, Protean Hulk. Oh, it's such a bummer. Oh, I don't like this. It's just really cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, as a side note, uh, with Phyrexian Dreadnought, since you can sacrifice creatures with greater than 12 power, um, just target everything that doesn't self-sacrifice as it comes in, and then everything gets sacrificed, if you don't want it on your battlefield, that is. Yeah, if you can you can definitely sacrifice. It says with 12 power or more. Yeah. So sack your whole board to your <laughs> it's a it's a one mana permanent self board sacrifice that no one knew that we had available in reserve list only for almost a hundred dollars. Almost. I'm not quite there yet, but it might be there in, in a matter of days. Who knows? All right. So that was the main chunk um, talking about the, the, the general game plan that the deck is going to go through early game, mid game, late game. Um, but there's also a few uh, sweet tech cards that we want to talk about um, that are going to uh, help the deck uh, in certain situations. And the first one is um, Endurance. And Endurance is from Modern Horizons 2. Um, it is for three mana, one green green. You get an Elemental Incarnation 3-4 with Flash and Reach. It says when it enters the battlefield, up to one target player puts all the cards from their graveyard in the bottom of their library in a random order. And also has Evoke. 
um, which allows you to exile a green card from your hand and put it directly onto the battlefield. So this is going to help save your graveyard in case anyone has any graveyard hate. You're obviously a graveyard deck. You really depend on your graveyard. And if you've already thrown 60 cards into your graveyard, you better hope you have this endurance to save it um, when that happens. Yeah, endurance is is very uh, that that tech that we got from Modern Horizons two for this is so so good. Um, I like Tortured Existence here. It's an enchantment for one black. It says pay a black, choose and discard a creature card, and you can put a creature card from your graveyard back into your hand. So if you wanna you know recast something and and get double value, maybe you have something that you wanna cast and watch it go to the graveyard again, or you accidentally mill something that you really needed. Maybe you milled that endurance and you need it in your hand, discard something, get it back, and you know you've got some protection to reuse and recycle here. For sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Vorinclex Monstrous Raider uh, is going to be in this deck. It's the creature version of something that's that uh, you definitely want, and that's doubling your plus one plus one counters. There's, and we know that there's ways to do that with enchantments and everything, um, but this one on a creature, um, especially one with trample and haste, is really good. So for six mana, four green, green to get a Phyrexian Praetor six six with trample and haste. Said if you would put one or more counters on a permanent or a player, put twice that many of each of those oh kinds God. of counters on that permanent or player instead. And if an opponent would put one or more counters on a permanent or a player, they put half that many. Um, that one, that part of it is actually not that important. It's more just doubling your own plus one plus one counters. We'll, we'll go right back to Phyrexian Dreadnought using one mana to get 24 plus one plus one counters oh onto your hasty trample Vorinclex so that it can be a 30 power the turn that it comes out and swings. This is one of those wild cards, right? You know, if it's not a deck that we play, right? You know, when we watch uh-huh. for new cards that come out, it's not something that I immediately recognize and just go oh my gosh i mean there's some cards you see that but i'm not immediately going oh that would work really well as tech in varol scar striped but honestly this card's bananas in this deck yeah people might look at it and go oh yeah big green creature of course big green creature works like no everything on this card works for this everything on this card works with the mechanic we're giving every creature in the graveyard that's right that's right so good um sometimes you just need your creatures to be able to swing sooner and mm-hmm. I really am a big fan of Concordant Crossroads, uh, a card we're getting a reprint of in a secret layer. So that's exciting. So Concordant Crossroads is an enchantment, an enchant world card. And it says creatures, this is everyone's, not just yours. It says creatures can attack or use abilities that include the tap symbol in, um, in, in their activation as soon as they come into play. So all of your creatures are, are, are getting haste, essentially. They're not, and they're not getting haste, um, but they can swing right away. Um, so if you want to be able to, you know, drop something and scavenge a bunch of stuff onto it and wreck face all on the same turn, you can for the low, low cost of one green mana. Just so you know, uh, the updated text does actually grant all creatures haste. Oh, it does. They all have haste now. Yes. I like that. Okay, great. So everything, if you play Concord and Crossroads on Arena, everything will say the word haste. Um, And you can block it with Ginger Brute. You can block with Ginger Brute. It matters. See? (laughs) See? I like that. Yeah, Concordant Crossroads is just such a good card. And I think we've mentioned it before. It's one that I'm really glad we got a reprint of because I think there's a lot of people that were priced out of this card, like majorly priced out of this card because it's $45. Yeah. It's so expensive. Uh, So I'm happy to see that this card got a reprint um, even after having been reprinted even once previously in one of the uh, white border sets. For sure. For sure. Um, 
there's a lot of lands out there that sacrifice your creatures for different uh, different value, whether it's gaining life or making mana or something. Um, but one that I don't see very often is from a Kamigawa block. It is a legendary land called Myron the Moaning Well. I do play this in some of my own sacrifice decks, so I do know the value of it is good. Um, I typically am kind of a purist when it comes to play free sacrifice outlets only, but this one, uh, you can tap for a colorless or pay three generic to tap it and sacrifice a creature. You gain life equal to the sacrifice creature's toughness, though. So it's not just the one life that you get um, from, oh my gosh, I can't even remember the name of the harbor, the port town. No, not port town. I'm I'm, I'm literally picturing the card as well. That taps it, sacrifice creature, gain yeah. one life. Yeah. If you know the name of that card, put it in the comments of wherever you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but being able to sacrifice it and gain the life that you get uh, from the toughness. I know I play this in my Ikra Shadiqui deck. If you can make a 30, a 30 power creature um, and you know maybe it doesn't have haste or something so you can't swing with it the turn that you make it, leave up your three mana. That way if someone does have target removal before you get to your upkeep or something, you can at least gain all that life. Uh, it goes to your graveyard. Maybe you can reuse the creature later. Really like Myron the Moaning Well. Yeah, uh, the the other the next card um, is also a very very expensive card. This is Volrath Stronghold. Actually, this is one of those cards that I really wish that I had purchased and then just like hadn't. But uh, it's it's a legendary land. It taps for a colorless mana, or you can pay one in a black and put a creature from your graveyard on top of your library. Again, this is reserve list. Mm -hmm. um, it's hundred and twelve dollars. If you have it, works really well here. Absolutely not necessary, but I like seeing that you can get those creatures back for more value later in the game. Yes. Really, really good stuff. Now, there are a bunch of cards we talked about that are just going to put a ton of plus one, plus one counters using the scavenge ability. Um, and we're, you know, we already went over most of them, um, but just a few others to note of, of the star star. Uh, old stick fingers came out in the Innistrad set. Uh, the latest Innistrad set that has uh, power and toughness equal to the number of uh, creature cards in your own graveyard only. Um, so for two mana, you'll be able to scavenge uh, a number of plus one plus one counters equals to the number of creatures that are in your graveyard onto one of your creatures using old stick fingers. Um, Demogoth Titan uh, from Strixhaven, you can, for four mana, you can scavenge up to 11 plus one plus one counters onto a creature you control. Uh, Egon, God of Death, for three mana, you can get six plus one plus one counters and has the upside of having a backside that allows you to continue to mill cards um, and exile creatures from your graveyard to draw cards in case you run into situations like that. Um, but Force of Savagery is a card I really like to talk about when it comes to a Veril's deck because I don't know if it works in literally any other deck out there unless it's, there's there's an elemental lord because it's Force of Savagery for two and a green, you get a trample elemental that has eight power and zero toughness. So it just dies when it comes out onto the battlefield. Um, but since it has eight power, you can scavenge it for three mana and put eight plus one plus one counters on something. Pretty yeah, cool. I think I think this this card works really well with that. Uh is it does it have trample? It does, does have it have trample. any? It does. Okay, so it doesn't even work with that vanilla creature commander because it has a, a mechanic. I was gonna say that bear commander that um, had what about like, your what about your power matters dinosaur commander? Uh, that's that just says how much it needs to take before it dies but if it's a zero toughness it's still gonna die oh it, it doesn't actually like trade it doesn't the power. change it no it just says that that you have to with um oh my gosh the actual godzilla card mm -hmm. um yeah no that is that is just a, a signing combat damage based on uh, t uh power rather than toughness i gotcha um, so it doesn't work but i do it works really well here 
Yes. An 8-0 from, from Future Sight. Yes. There's, there's also a card called Splinter Fright for two and a green. Uh, you get a star star trample. It's power and toughness. It's each equal uh, to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Um, also allows you to mill when it's on the battlefield. But, you know, we're not going to mill it because we're probably going to put 12 plus one plus one counters on stuff. Um, but it's only for three mana. But there's a lot of these star star creatures out there. There's even a few star star creatures that aren't in the deck itself um, that still exist outside of the deck. Yeah. There's just not enough room for all of them. There's a lot there's of really not. good cards and, out there. And this deck is already... this. So this is very creature heavy deck right because you want oh, yeah. creatures to hit your graveyard so this deck that kyle has is already running 39 creatures and we will post the deck list in the show notes below um so you certainly can include them all but this is a deck that is easily customizable and any new creature that's green and black or just green or just black works in varols for scavenge yes because it has scavenge once it hits the graveyard so um kyle thank you so much for being a patron and for supporting us we really really cannot thank you enough and this was a lot of fun to do of varols the scar stripe deck i don't know how often we get to talk about this but we are very fortunate that we get to play with this in our local play group and yes. if you um, are interested like we said we'll post that in the show notes below and that is going to be it for this week as always i'm on twitter at andy flory and i'm on twitter at worm coil engine we want to give a special thanks to ryan nichols our producer and editor thank you ryan for everything that you do and chris wolf who handles all of our graphic design check out all of the work that he does over on our youtube channel and our twitch page thank you chris for everything that you do and uh yeah if you're listening to this you should definitely check us out on all of the social medias and everything and um send us comments about what you want to listen on future episodes here coming up on the guardian project we are uh we're open for suggestions. Uh, not that we've ran out of ideas or anything <laughs> like that, but uh, we want to hear from you. We want to interact with you guys. And we know um, we're getting more and more listeners trickling in. So if you haven't interacted with us yet, come on and hop in our Discord or send us an email or whatever. I challenge you to send us an email. We don't get a lot of email. So send us an email and we will chat with you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>